Okay. That we was uh, Devin Shelton's best Anthony Green impression you were just hearing there. That was a song that we did this week, one of two songs we did this week uh, for our show, Are You Listening?, which we do on Sunday night. It's a Sunday night streamo show, we say. Yeah. Uh, and that was Bo from Sayosin playing guitar and the rest of us covering a Sayosin song called The Silver String from their last album. And that's the kind of stuff that we're up to all week. We make a bunch of podcasts and we make a bunch of music. And we've taken the, the whole pandemic as a time to focus on creative output. And we're doing a very lot. And we do it under two ways. We do Emory Land, which is what funds our perpetual production of whatever it does that Emory's doing musically. And there's a community over there, a good Discord group. And then we have, obviously, the BC Club, which mm-hmm. I've got some news for. The BC Club is our member community that has a totally life of its own i think it's bigger and stronger than this podcast is in its own way it's 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 its own place uh the community has really been a big deal and and again it's just kind of its own entity and uh it's kind of like people it's kind of like uh whoever's going to be biden's vice president like right we're kind of like biden you don't you don't really know where we are at what we are doing but the bc club they they get stuff done they're the ones behind the scenes that are going to get some stuff done so Yes, absolutely. And if you're one of those people that's heard about it and been either irritated by it or, you know, thought maybe you should do it or not do it, now is your special, special day. Free trial. It's kind of like Netflix or something. Just except for we're not even going to get your info. You just, I, I mean, we need your email so we can send you the link and stuff like that. But that's it. Free trial, no credit card info, nothing like that. Yep. Come check out our community and check out the podcast that Toby and I do every week. We do the Monday and Friday show as well. And it's a hell of a lot better than this one, frankly. <laughs> and the, the community is uh, the community's great, and you can sample it. There's a ton of BC subgroups that you can find. There's a directory there. We have a Discord. If you've been curious at all, even just to come be a hater for a little bit, yeah. now's your time. Come do it, and I think by the end of the month, you'll decide to stay is kind of the wager there. And I think we'll have good results with it. But to do it, the description is – there's a link in the description, or you can go to thebcclub.com. And if you want to support our music, check out Emeryland if that's more of your thing. But that's that's how we do everything that we do is those two communities. And it's uh, it's an honor and a privilege, to be honest. Yes, it is. And these uncertain times, it is an honor and a privilege. <laughs> and, and a responsibility that I take very seriously. It, it probably really is. This is a primetime example or like a real life for the, for the regular folks who aren't uh, politicians. Maybe you just have to say stuff in a political way and to try and block <laughs> as much stuff as you can. Like the, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you say a little bit about what you actually think, you you know, it might not. It's most likely not going to be good. That's it's frowned I, upon, right? It's a, I mean, maybe that's the way it's always been. You know, I've always uh, gotten really upset with politicians and pastors for how politically uh, agnostic, uh, not agnostic. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, just right down the middle. Don't want to, you know, set any fires anywhere, and so they just don't really ever Careful say anything. Careful, non-speak. You know what I mean? They don't right. really ever say yeah. anything. And it's just, yeah. like, I mean, if you listen to that, it's just like, well, but maybe that's just to protect themselves, protect their job, or whatever it might be. But um, right before we got on, I was sitting here, and I get text messages now, and it's my 10-year-old, and she's in this weird stage now, and you parents out you there. You let like, her have a mobile device? Yeah, we have. I mean, we not not full <laughs> access to it. Um, you know, she can't, she doesn't really make is allowed to make phone calls unless we were there and she calls grandma or somebody. Is it mommy's old iPhone? Yes, it is 100% <laughs> mom's old iPhone. Exactly that. It's mom's old iPhone. And then, uh, and you know, she, 
like she likes it because it makes her feel a little bit older than the other two kids. But she's in that that age now where like they still like younger like video games and cartoons and stuff. And she's getting older, you know. Like she, uh, her favorite show now is That's So Raven, and <laughs> she, she'll tell me about it and stuff like. That, which is funny because like I kind of grew up with Raven on the Cosby Show. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What's her real name? Raven, Raven Simone. Simone is that a real name? I think something like that. Um, and it's wild seeing an adult Raven who is probably in her thirties now. My daughter just loves the show and thinks it's so awesome. But uh, you know what we're giving uh, Georgia for, to train her on, she, she doesn't have the social interaction. So I'm trying to give her traditional stuff just to get caught up with the world. So fresh Prince of Bel-Air, she's oh, watching it. Yeah. And so think of all the dynamics and like archetypes yeah. and all the stuff in there. I so might just throw really some of that stuff. in there too. That, so, that level of TV yeah. of, of, of that, just the surface, I mean, even big bang theory is probably great. If your kids aren't in school to watch right. Saved by the Bell, I mean, why not? You know right. what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. But anyway, so she's been texting me, and uh, it's funny just because it's all, it's like she she texts me. I'll get, like, little gifts and memes that are kid ones, though. You know, they're usually almost always <laughs> yeah, pets yeah. and dogs doing something funny. But she te- – so she I don't know where she texts me. So she makes these little movies with our dog, Dottie. And it's like these, you know, Dottie talking to the camera, trying to sneak treats or do stuff or buy stuff on Amazon. She's making all these little things, which is pretty fun. We we haven't really decided to let her put it on YouTube or anything just because this the, the whole thing about needing likes or something like that. I just don't want our kids yeah, being get going there. So I just don't know yet. I, I know we can't keep them all forever, but I don't know. The value the value system with that just isn't that great. So, yeah, we, like we don't Ruby. None of our kids have like a Facebook or, or anything like that. The research supports that. Uh, first of all, I'm very happy that the research supports what I've always said, which is screens ain't bad for kids. Right. Go for it. Right. But comparative social media, very bad Horrific for kids. Bad. Oh, right. by the way, bad for humans. Right. It's oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's same it's, as alcohol yes. or, or bad drugs. You just go, well, they're bad for kids. Yeah. And they're okay after you're a certain age just because you can choose to hurt yourself. Right. That's all. But, of course, it, it, those things hurt you. Yeah, the Pivot podcast, they were talking about it, and they just said it, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly right. The, the Facebook is the cigarette company. We just yeah, don't, exactly. We just don't tell, yep. you didn't know cigarettes, you don't know Facebook. Yep. You're, you're going to yep. look back, and there's going to be things that are same. banned. I mean, it's the exact yep. same thing. But anyway, so I like it that Ruby, like, she she will text us, because I, I kind of like, that feels like at least mm-hmm. a real interaction with just one person where you're actually trying Absolutely. to talk and figure out, but she'll send me these stuff. And uh, so she just sent me, a, it's a dog with, like, a human suit on walking towards you. And I, I wrote LOL, and she writes, do you even know what LOL means? Do you? And then a gif that is a guy going, do you? And then she, says, and then <laughs> she tells great. me, she tells me it means laugh out loud. And then in parentheses, she wrote, text me back. In parentheses, next one, please text. And then the next one, I am lonely, frowny face. And I said, I'm working. I'd write back FML. Do you know what that means? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> WTF. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then she's like, Oh, sorry. Bye. I said, Oh, it's okay. She's okay. Bye for now. So she's, I, I think like texting is actually a new way of com- having conversation with people, but it really is on a one-on-one. So there is still danger. So I get screenshot if you said something stupid or did something. I mean, it's, it's our daughter, you know, she's saying 10 year old things, but, uh, I at least like that interaction and using her phone that way, you know, and sometimes she can FaceTime her friends that and stuff like, like that. But very I good. mean, we're, it's really, I mean, we were just talking about it before. We are in just, I. there are days where I just feel some kind of, oh, I guess what I would actually call it is dread. And there's always, I mean, 
And is today one of those days, Toby? I feel a little bit like that. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I, I feel some kind voice. of dread. And like there, there are times where, and I, I'm just going to just talk as Toby Morrell here. There are times where I was like, uh, man, you know what? If I was, because you think about the, I'm trying to focus on now so that now prepares, you know, who, to, who, to, whoever Toby can make himself now will be that guy that can handle some more stuff in the future or whatever. But, uh, I was thinking, you, you let your mind drift, and you go, "Well, are, am I going to get COVID? Like, just just take COVID for example. Am, am I going to get it? Well, there seems like a decent chance I probably will, especially if we have to get the COVID, uh, uh, herd immunity. And uh, I was like, man, maybe I should, if I could just get it now, probably maybe we'd just choose that. And I was thinking, well, also, I, I mean, this is how dark you can go. I was like, well, if I got it now, even if I died now. <laughs> That means I probably died where my life insurance policy would kick in. But what right. if in six months everybody's dying and there isn't any life insurance policy money to go out? So <laughs> maybe I should, if I'm going to die, it'd be better to go ahead and die now than six months. What am I going to do? Sit in my house for another six months, right? You know, whatever. I know that that sounds horrible, right? And that sounds like, uh oh. That was, a, that was like an April thought. That was like an early April type thought to have, uh, I think, oh, yeah. of the yeah, life might, insurance itself is going to crumble because of all the deaths. You yeah, know? You, you might be right. But uh, anyway, I'm just saying you can have all these thoughts. And, and then I was just thinking, you know, the, the idea of life and death and all the things that are bad are just... I got it, life it, insurance it, in April, by the way. Oh, you did? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were, you're like, I ain't chancing it. I, I never had it before. I was right. like, I've been meaning to. I was like, well, yeah. it was actually March. If not it very, now. It was, it was on the early end. Right. I was like, okay. <laughs> that is very funny. That is very funny. But I, I mean, everything's just so mingled, and there really is like some kind of. Uh, it's like a uh, uh, the TV's been left on. You're just saying like that, you know. Back in the old days, I guess that, that doesn't even really exist anymore. But it's just that sound, like a brown noise or a, a white noise. Um, and it's just it's like this dread thing. This is like a low level hum that's just there, and it pops up. And then, it, you know, you go, okay, things are, okay, I'll make it. There, you know, of course, things will be bad and all that stuff, but it's just there. And then you can just think about, you can get so caught up in, I just want to get out of this. I want it to move on. So this, you know, let's, what, I can catch myself thinking, oh, well, at least once there's a, uh, a, you know, a vaccine or something, things will be better. You know, maybe if we can get past the election, it might even take a while, but maybe things will be better. And I just, I don't, I feel like I've been thinking the wrong way about that, like, the same thing is like, well, trying to figure out if, if, if uh, just a, even as a thought uh, game, should would it be better to get COVID now or whatever? That That's all the wrong thoughts. It really is. Like the things that that adds to my anxiety or worries or fears or any of those things, because the real the real thing is I'm here right now and that's all I have. Like I, we really don't have anything they're, they're, like there isn't stuff you can hold on to. I mean, we might, there might be a depression soon. Uh, you know, your money, whatever you have, you, what are you relying on any of that for? So the only thing you actually can do is have your own happiness and how do you make that? And what do you want to, you know, how do you want it to be? And then, uh, I think the other thing is what will your attitude be as, as more stuff comes up and hits you hard. And you know, it, we aren't in for an easy rest of the year. We're at halfway, we're at, we're at halfway point. <laughs> Year, you know, a year and beyond. Well, I'm just, yeah, no, but I'm just saying we're at the halfway point of 2020, and it's been one fucking nightmare, and we're halfway through it. I don't, I don't think the the rest of the year is going to be so bright and awesome. That, I mean, I, I'm real. I don't think much sports are going to come back. I think that we're going to see a spike, and everybody's going to go, nah, we just can't do that. And I think 
We, the school, I don't know. We were talking about elementary school. Our kids are in elementary school. I don't know if that's coming back. I don't know. Uh, you know, my wife uh, was furloughed. Now her furlough is ending, but is there enough business out there? If there's, a, you know, if the second wave really hits, do they furlough her again or does she lay it off? I, and we're just one family. We're just mm-hmm. one going through all this. Everybody else is too. Every yes. single person. It's like every oh, yeah, possible yeah, yeah. thing can is happening every single day. There isn't a stop. There's no... Okay, Fourth of July weekend, or we're going to take a break. No, it ain't. It, we're we're on a trans. We're in, right. driving in a transfer truck April with no Fool's brakes. Day got ruined this year. Right, right. Fourth of July is going to be a little bit of yeah. a downer too to celebrate the United States. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, you don't really want to shoot firecrackers honoring yeah. our, our, our nation. It'd be history. nice to get a reasonable Christmas, you know, but the economy could take care of that pretty. Oh, one hundred. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, you get these milestones, and that's why that's why you have them. that's why you right. have anniversaries and birthdays. You kind of mark one thing to the next and take an inventory, and that you can clearly see where where we are. Oh, I know. But I think there's a big shift in mindset. I have a very updated one, um, and it's along the lines of that thought experiment, do I want COVID or not? So I would suggest to think of it this way. First of all, COVID is now simply the backdrop for volatility. It's not even necessarily the most volatile thing out there. You know, like it's going to go up and down. It's going to be very disruptive, this COVID thing, very disruptive. But we have entered into... The, the actual fear of death stage, it ha- is, that part is mostly waned. And I mean, not for everybody, but for most, the average person like you, it's pretty clear that the public is no longer going to be ma- chiefly worried about mass deaths. It's going to be uh, more of a calculated right. thing. So people are calculating trade-offs and risk, and we're just going to try and do the best we can. But the amount of total deaths is no longer the lead concern. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but it seems to clearly be the the trend. So then if you're assessing risk is the next mode people go to. And I think that people are a little bit delayed in their thinking of risk because at this time, I think people are still thinking about their personal risk as driving their behavior. Like, yeah. I don't want to get COVID personally. Like there's the grandma part, there's the civic duty part, but me personally, like you, like you said, Ruby isn't hanging out with her friend across the street. Right. So that could only be mainly for a personal concern of you and your family getting the virus, right? That's the what's driving that. Right. More than social responsibility. So I think that's slightly misguided only because of your thought experiment right here. So think of it this way. We're going to get a vaccine. They say it's on track, by the way, which is good news, right. to be our, at first quarter of next year. But that's a, still a long time away. A lot of people aren't going to take it. That'll help us reach herd immunity as a population. And it looks like COVID is going to be around for indefinitely out there. And you have to be vaccinated year, you know, that kind of thing, right? Right. Okay. It's still a novel virus. So all you need to know about how, if you're trying to avoid COVID now, you can ask that same thing about any year in your future and then ask yourself this question. Do you know anybody who's never had the flu? Not really. Okay. So it will be with COVID. Right. It'll be the flu. Do you know what I'm saying? So right. what year you get it might be a, a, a question. Right. But you, you're better off. You'll, be, you'll make better risk assessment if you take risk seriously because I never want to get the flu. And I do not want to get COVID. Right. And I take precautions every year to not or whatever they reasonably are. Also, I understand that 
me and everybody I know is probably also going to get the flu and have had it before. Yeah. That is the reality of probably the state of the world. So if you just can accept that in the big picture, it might mean some different things today that are still possibly you. There may be some if you can accept that truth, you might could loosen up a little bit and still be, you know, largely safe. So that take a deep breath before you accept that fact. But if the covid becomes like the flu, well, it means you'll you and everybody, you know, will have had it at some point. Yeah, just the. The problem, once again, is it's just it is meant to be so scary, and it just has to be scary, scary, horrific, and scary. And I understand that, but it, it, it's frustrating. Like when, I mean, we're, we're talking two months ago, uh, wasn't it? Fauci and CDC said, "Nah, don't worry about masks." And now you that you see people getting screamed at in grocery stores if they don't wear a mask or something like that. And you're like, but but I mean, you but. You, and then, you know, everybody's like, well, but does anybody think they didn't know what they were talking about, though? Or, you know, I, that's the thing I can't understand is do you think that they just don't know and make up stuff or they have very strong agendas and manipulative uh, methods behind why they communicate what they communicate, which seems more the obvious truth to me? Well, I hear I hear stuff like, well, they didn't want him, the doctors and nurses to run out. Right. Which mm-hmm. I understand. First of all, why don't we have enough? No one, and I don't just blame the president. All of us, we don't. Nobody has planned for shit. Everybody is accountable here. The president's horrible. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I, what what are we doing here? And then the idea, though, that you would lie to save the the save them for the doctors and uh, the nurses. But what if everybody? If they had told us from the beginning, you have to wear one. Maybe more people would have, right? And then it would have caused less to go around. Right. If, if well, it actually yeah. works, wouldn't you want to wear them right from the beginning? So then the people wouldn't even show up at the doctor. They what might I'm saying avoid is it. If they had to do it all over again, they would basically do it the same. That's the sad part that, the, you, you know, when so? you're in a position to communicate publicly, it, it's just a joke. Your hands are always tied. You know that when you're yeah. sitting in front of a like if you're in front of a crowd at VIP yeah. can you tell them it's a bad show. No. Right. Your hands are tied. Right. You just they are. So you can imagine if you're Fauci and somebody tells you, uh, if they run out of masks, we may go to hospital overload and all the health care workers won't even be able to, and then yeah. you only want to know. He That's goes, true. Well, I, I do understand tell, that. Tell, you just got to tell them what you got to tell them. But we, right now, the biggest priority is not total truth. It is, right. but, and it turns out maybe that wasn't the case or whatever, but it wasn't like they had no idea about if masks work or not or they make it. But the, the point being, we clearly know in real time weeks later yeah. that like oh you're never fucking telling us the truth I mean, it's just putting that in our face stinks right. and we and we're mad about it and we'll make a million conspiracy theories and say they don't know what they're talking about but we're just pissed off that we know we get treated like babies and lied to that's the that's the disgusting part about I, it it's well like, the, I, I will say us, this though we don't like our nose being rubbed in it. it it does seem like even our government's just living this out in real time though like i don't think they really know so they, much no, more than any of no us. no i'm not saying you know they Oh stuff. I'm it, just saying yeah. they know more than they don't whatever it is they know, that's not what they're telling you. There's a whole right. other layer. That, of course they don't know what's going on. That's true already. Yeah. But then what they do know, they still lie to you about. Yeah. <laughs> you and, think and then like, you're at the end of the chain funny. and you know it, you know. See, like what on another uh topic. So do you think stuff something like uh Donald Trump knows for sure if there's aliens or not? Like has he been informed no, of that? I, I or would know. would they 
what is our government so uh so many different pathways and and so many different people and so huge that they just like nah he'll tell everybody we just we'll just keep that from we'll just even lie to our president about i mean yeah that if there would is have or not yeah, I would think so. I mean, there may be some. St- I mean, I'm sure he gets has some classified information they did, didn't previously had right. have. But I can't imagine it's that loose. I mean, if there is anything like the deep state, I mean, you know, they say in the FBI and CIA and stuff like those people have no idea who is or isn't really part of the organization. Oftentimes, like they they keep they keep each other separated and stuff enough so there's not direct chains. Like they have yeah. to. Like like there is some reality that because if there's people direct chains of knowledge everywhere it could be corrupted so easily or taken advantage of or manipulated so they have to make something what people call the deep state just to as a matter of some type of security yeah but also it leaves the door open to again like we know where things are covered up and we're lied to and we must keep it that way i mean right. that is that's like that's why the whole thing's a necessary evil like of course it's not good it's just the least bad thing like all of these things about our the two candidates they're both terrible, and we have to choose the least bad. But that's the way uh, the whole thing is. That's every. That's what a government is in itself. It's a necessary evil, and so uh, it just seems like uh, all the way around. I don't know if that's better to embrace or deny. But the 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 people acting like that's not the case disturbs me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's easy to say Trump's evil, or it's fine, reasonable thing to say, but in in relation to what you know. Is is kind of the problem. It, it, I mean, isn't it so bizarre though that I mean, like, I, you would have to even say that even th- this is a worse uh, presidency campaigns than even twenty sixteen, right? Is Trump at least Trump and Hillary? You would say Hillary's more competent probably than Joe Biden, right? Yeah. It seems it seems like she's you know she's which would you rather have next? Yeah, I mean, so I'm I, asking you. Which would you prefer? Oh, I would Trump, choose, I, Trump, Biden, or Clinton? I would give Hillary a shot. I think she's cr- crappy too. I don't think she's a good candidate, and proven by Trump was able to beat her. But I mean, I, mean I, I, I can't believe like it, it seems like it, almost you could run. It, it seems as if the Dems are intentionally running terrible candidates out, right? Like, I mean, what is this not the number one time where they could just kill? Like, just a, a I, their hands are tied by their own principles I mean, and ideas and, and ma- so, I mean, who, who am i because maybe they know it looks like all the polls say that biden's up and he's going to win and maybe so i mean may, I, I know they know what they're doing more than toby morale the but, grandpa that seems more harmless than hillary or right. you know trump is demonstrated to be potentially harmful and hillary people are really suspicious of so at least right. the senile grandpa would get taken care of by you know the, i guess yeah. that's it data-driven approach probably tells you somehow that's yeah. that's the case, but yeah, I don't right. know. I, I, again, I'm still continuing to largely stay out of politics. <laughs> I don't mind commenting on it like an asshole, but I'm right. not planning on, I'm still not planning on voting or anything like that or participating <laughs> directly. So I John think I would, Steiger. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Toby. Say well, I, I was going to say, I think I, I, I will vote if the rock runs or I was thinking today, you won me over on this on an episode a few months ago. I think if, uh, um, Kim Kardashian runs for president. I would vote for. Her. <laughs> no, no. The I, only ticket I, I think that I, I would, would would, and I think this would save the world, is J.K. Rowling and Joe Rogan ticket. <laughs> That's an undeniable ticket. That's an undeniable ticket, and everybody knows. I think a lot of everybody. people would deny it. 
No, undeniable <laughs> ticket because it, you know they cut against each other, but they represent a middleness to right. both of them. I, and they're big. They're big. Yeah, she's and not both American know citizen though, so that, that knocks her but out. Make it, they can fix that constitution or whatever. I don't know. I'm saying maybe for ten years from now, you know, twenty. You're right. That that has to be gone at some point. That you were born in America, that you can't be the president, right? That probably will be gone. Right. It's out, it, well, it, I've always taken it like no way. But now I'm yeah. like, uh, yeah, there's probably Schwarzenegger yeah. was a governor. It's fine. Yeah, but that's the as far as you Elon can go. Elon Musk could hold office here. We wouldn't think that was so bad. Now would we? Well, I mean, some, I mean, I know some people would, but I mean, oh, what if, if Elon Musk just said, right okay, guy, yeah, what if Elon Musk said, listen, I'm gonna, growling. I'm gonna run for president. Everybody gets a Tesla if I win. <laughs> <laughs> he'd win all right ubt universal basic teslas for everybody it's oh man platform. self-driving car you get a self-driving yeah. car golly right that'd be my <laughs> dream president right there i would love that so much i guess i mean that's illegal i guess he would be right <laughs> i mean you can't offer people <laughs> products to get them in but anyway all right we're just we may not have seen the depths of a possible financial corruption possible with our system we, we may have a little ways to go so who knows what we'll i see. mean certainly there is a ceo coming to be president right i mean like a ceo of Math, i mean yeah mark cuban's already trying uh what's his face from disney just stepped down eisner oh uh, not eisner but bob Iger. Uh, bob Iger. Eisner, sorry eisner was before him before that either one of them would be terrific i mean just you're gonna see somebody like that. I'm, I'm i'm in some way surprised that's what makes me think the role of president isn't that great because it why wouldn't Bill Gates or somebody go for it? Because it it might actually impede his power and oh, freedom. Oh, yeah, it's not right? something you'd, you'd really like. Want. If you're a, if you're the richest man in the world, being president actually lowers your amount to do stuff. I think I have it a slightly above fifty percent that Trump didn't want to or think he was going to win the election. I yeah, think he was primed right. to start a news organization because that's all he really yeah. wants is ratings. Right. So if he could, you know, he thought it was going to barely miss and he would launch his big thing. I think that's what he might do this time. I mean, I don't think, I don't yeah. necessarily think he doesn't want to lose in a contested loss as fuel to launch a media empire as his top preference. But right. being president doesn't even still make sense to me that that's what he truly ever wanted. I don't necessarily yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I thought, yeah, it's just, I, he thought he'd just get in and all of a sudden he's like, Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. yeah. Okay, so Reba's going to play some music for us, and it's Solid State Records' newest band, Lightworker. It's a new single. It's called Empire, and it's from their new record, Fury by Failure. Again, the band is Lightworker, and this record just came out like two weeks ago, June 12th. So if you're liking it, if you're digging it, then you head on over to Spotify. I'll let it play a second here. People are really liking this record, it's, uh, especially they're saying people are comparing it to Killswitch Engage and Phineas, which was a solid state band also. The record was co-produced by Daniel Gailey of Phineas, 
and Bo Birchall from Sales. Yeah, Bo's our friend. That was our that was Bo playing guitar at the beginning of this episode, if you'll recall. The song we were doing there was a collaboration with him. <clears throat> Bo is a mix engineer and a producer, and he is my favorite one of those. He is my favorite mix engineer out there. He's been mixing our records for years. So uh, the fact that he produced this is a good, good sign. Uh, make sure to follow their account on Spotify so you don't miss anything that's happening. Again, Fury by Failure. It's out now, and the band... I'm going to repeat it two more times so it sticks. Lightworker, Solid State's newest band, Lightworker. Get it in your head. Check it out. Download and stream, and they'll get like a half a cent, and then split it up with the record company and the band and all, everybody. So maybe listen to it twice. Well, it looks like uh, John Steigert's joined us. John, can you see and hear us? Okay, I tried iPad, I tried computer, and now I'm on my phone, and that's what it took, apparently. So you know for sure it was the enemy then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was at work very clearly. <laughs> so it's been big in the news that you don't believe it in God anymore, but Satan still, right? Yeah, you still believe in Satan. Satan. I mean, in this, in this moment? <laughs> Yeah. You know what? You're right. It's hard to believe in God these days, but Satan is, uh, I mean, he's rising in the ranks of belief. Like, and then, and then, and then it's like, oh, we're live. And I was like, oh, we're live. Oh, cool. Even better. Well, he gives a little extra pepper, a little extra to it there. I like the pressure. I just need to. I just need to like AirPods and an iPhone and just keep it simple for the rest of my life. Apparently it's kind of, there's a moment coming where that is fully obviously better. I mean, it it kind of is happening right now, but I mean, for doing Skype calls and recordings and microphones and interfaces as much as we have it, I think it's probably has just switched to where I think I should recommend to everybody that joins the podcast that you should be in AirPods with the mobile because the camera is actually better. The algorithms on the on the, over Skype have gotten so good with audio. AirPods it are amazing. It's, it actually AirPods probably is amazing. better. I mean, it probably. Yeah. I think of AirPods as the standard for music listening now. Like, oh the, yeah, the absolute reference for a mix I'm working on is AirPods. That's bizarre, okay. but it's true. Well, I mean, you want to hear how people are going to hear it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's just and it, has become the standard, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, you don't check on Skull Candy because you don't want those people listening to your music, right? <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm kidding. It's funny how much uh, uh, music and listening to music has changed because it it went from yeah uh, when I when I was a kid it was almost all exclusively tapes and we listened to some vinyl but it wasn't really much you know it was kind of going out for a bit and then people talked about CDs and the reason with CDs was the sound quality oh my gosh so the sound quality the sound quality and then everything I turned to MP3s that. and once once things went to MP3 everybody kind of it's like nah and then I heard some people talking about well but Bluetooth. Yeah, you don't get the sound quality. I was like, "What are we talking about here?" I mean, I, I mean, what is this sound quality that you're trying to get to? Like, what is the thing that you think you're going to find if you have everything? I mean, no, I, I don't think anybody can almost even tell a difference, really, unless I mean, maybe. You, Dude, Matt, you I know. mean, I mean, like I, you know, like I, I mean, like you guys, I, 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 I spent a period of time in music production. I did a lot of production, and like the dirty, the dirty secret that I always felt like I couldn't say out loud was like 
if you if I listen to like a well encoded MP3, I, I can't tell the difference between that and a wave. I can't. Well, yeah. there you have it, guys. The dirty secret that John Steigert's been holding all this time. <laughs> he can't tell the difference. <laughs> I remember getting into conversations with people that are like, oh, no, it's like it's the top end, you know, right. fidelity or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a funny medium because TV and, di- you know, visual is obviously increase in fidelity, yep. pixels, visual, and it is yep. HD. Uh, if you 4k it's going to keep on going and audio is one of the only mediums that took a turn for quality decrease as with technological advancement it's kind of an oddity in the sake of convenience yeah yeah for sure and and it's i'm i guess i I roll i'm definitely rolling with it because i think it really changes the type of music that winds up getting created for this new medium and the way it's happening so you just got to embrace it and, and yeah. well, well, also, it's it's taking the power back for the artist. I think if for so long you go, well, I have to save up money and go to the studio, and I have That's to do right. it this way, and yeah. then we're going to need to do it this because you got the sound quality is what matters, and it, it does matter to an extent. But I think everybody's realizing, wait a minute, the content, what we're creating, the art we're creating is the most important thing, and I think we can get really close and way more efficient, and it might even be better in some ways. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I mean, it's the, like the democratization of music making, right? Yeah. And uh, I work in in film now, and and so uh, like I'm seeing the last five years have been an explosion of the same thing in film work, where people can shoot stuff on you know relatively affordable cameras that look phenomenal. Um, uh, you know, like I, you know, even on iPhones, like you can you can do. I mean, Steven Soderbergh directed a music video or directed a a movie on iPhone just to prove that it could be done at a wow. professional level. What movie is that? It's called. Uh, see now, I'm going to gap on the name. It's a one. It's a one word name, and it. I didn't I see it. If I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, all right. Um, but there's this indie filmmaker named Sean. What's his name? Sean something or other okay. that directed this movie called Tangerine, mm-hmm. and that was uh, that was the first film that, to like really be recognized as like a real movie that was shot all on iPhone. And it's, uh, I think it's called it's, High it's, Flying it's, it Bird. Great. High Flying Bird. What's, uh, Steven Soderbergh made this film with just a, I think it might be on Netflix actually. Oh, you know, that must be the second one. Yeah, it must be a nut. He, yeah. Yeah. Cause he did, he did one before that one. And it was, it was like a psychological thriller. Uh, and it was like a one word title. I can't, I can't remember. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But sure. But yeah, I mean, like, Unsane. <laughs> Unsane. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, but uh, I mean, just, but even like outside of the iPhone, like I'm sure you guys have experienced, you know, I, I you know, with music videos and stuff like that. But like, you know, there's these big expensive cameras always. And like, you know, I, I've, I've rented, you know, Reds and Ari Alexas and these like really high end expensive cameras. Well, recently I've been shooting with a fifteen hundred dollar Blackmagic Pocket 4K. Wow! And it and it and it looks phenomenal. And I'm just like, well, I don't know why I need to spend a grand a day on a rental, right? You know. And the other thing about that that I think people don't really seem to understand, or like young folks when they're trying to get into art, whether it be music or movie making, filmmaking, whatever it might be, I think sometimes you think the gear will make me. But it's not, that isn't the case. Like, 
you the fact that you have that camera and are stoked on it means you will film stuff in a good way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. th- th- you are that excited about it that you are maybe saving some money here and there, and or you you know yeah. those things actually matter a lot too. Of course, a phenomenal instrument is the idea there of wait a minute, I'm able to do this and afford it and make something that I'm super proud of. That that really is valuable to the creator. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. a, a producer a long time ago give me a piece of advice that I'll never forget. He because I was getting into music production at the time. And he was like, and I was getting all tripped up on like, oh, I need this really nice microphone and this really expensive preamp and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, dude, never buy, never, never upgrade until you experience the limitations of what you have. Mm, that's good. Yeah, and, and he was like, you know, if, if you're not sensing, if you're not feeling like if you're not sure whether you're experiencing a limitation then like keep going and make you know make stuff create stuff until you feel limited by what you have and only then should you upgrade the That's- opposite of that is the one to really watch out for and it's a purely consumeristic impulse and it's the one where your brain says or so, or that devil on your shoulder says yeah your stuff's not that good but maybe if you had let's see a uh, preamp right. better pre- <laughs> yeah. uh, two thousand dollar preamp then yeah. oh yeah. and then you listen and then the marketing's all oh so warm uh, <laughs> open you're like ah well and then by the time you get in guitar center it's over but you still suck <laughs> yeah all right still <laughs> well, well that's a good segue john you said yeah. uh uh don't upgrade until you find your limitations is that how you uh uh is that how you're processing uh your wow. c- coming out fire segue Toby. <laughs> C- coming feel- out of uh, not being a christian it. anymore <laughs> well get the yeah, limitations yeah I mean, uh, Wow, I, that feels like a. It feels like a. Oh, I'd be scared to counter, you know, describe it as that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, over the over the years of being involved in Christian music, I, I think the 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 older I got and the more the more I sort of really began to think deeply about things and read uh, about things, the more I was sort of like, wait a minute, like certain things and at first it was really easy to to think like okay well it's it's not god i have a problem with it's like christian culture or right. it's church church culture or something like that but as i started digging deeper like i didn't i didn't really find that my ans- my you know my questions were answered as much as i just developed bigger questions yeah i don't know if you guys have experienced you know some of that stuff as well oh yeah yeah i'll be i'll be atheist in a few years i'm just gonna pretend (laughs) for a little bit longer you know what i'm saying so i'm right in the middle of that you know no i don't know i don't i think of it uh i mean i say that as a joke but that is kind of the big question fundamentally the issue is people are very afraid to change what they know if it's anywhere close to their identity and so yeah. Oh, yeah. regardless, we have to all understand that we're not evaluating our faith or religions or spiritualities probably very objectively at all. I mean, you under, anybody should know that even if you've just made modifications to your faith, you waited probably too long to do it because it was going to be difficult, hard, scary internally or externally. Like there's a huge bias to not and into your family members. I mean you'd have to work really hard. What you said at first was there's just, I started feeling these little, these little moments where I'm like, I just felt, I felt myself like being tugged one way internally, but then the culture around me pulling the other way. Um, and you know, that, that happened 
a number of different times on a number of different issues and and they seemed small at first you know can you describe the feelings yeah i mean so like one of them and i th- this one is is potentially a hot topic so it's so it's one of those things where like it, this wasn't like the issue for me but it, it's a good example in 2007 when the supreme court legalized same sex marriage i remember like at that point i kn- I knew, I mean, I can't say that I had a lot of gay friends, but I had a few and I knew this couple that was same sex and and that had been together for a long, long time. And I remember when I saw that Supreme Court decision come down, I remember being like, oh my gosh, they can get married. That's great. And so Mm -hmm. like, I was like celebrating for them in my heart. Right. But, but then I very quickly, I was like, well, I can't say that publicly. And, And then, and that kind of, bothered me. I was like, well, there's a dissonance going on here. Like, like I, I feel like in my heart that I want to celebrate this as a good thing, but I definitely can't publicly. Otherwise, like I'll lose my job. So, um, okay. That, that's interesting enough. Just that alone. Is that you, did you feel that that was, was that a conscious thought? And is that literally true? You thought you would lose your, I mean, how would that have gone? Oh yeah. Why wasn't how and if so, maybe I'm just as interested in how did it get that way in the first place to where you could be in such a position where even a basic thing like that you couldn't really say. Like well, there had I to be was, lead up to getting into that position. That's interesting. Well, I was in. I was. In, you know. So with Hawk Nelson, like we started, you know, back in the day on Tooth and Nail, sort of on in in the sort of nebulous like Christian-ish space, right? Where it's right. like. It's like, oh, you know, deep down, you know, they're all Christian, but like, we're going to play nice and we're going to make music that doesn't like push the Christian button too much. We're just going to be positive. Um, but as time went on, we we became more and more explicit. Um, and part of that was culture. Part of that was our intention. Um, and so when we're in the middle of like the CCM culture, like there's just no way that that people would have been OK with me like saying, oh, yeah, I, I totally affirm same-sex marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and you had to think about that, too, for your bandmates as well, right? Yeah, like, even if yeah. You, like if you, if, maybe if you were a solo artist or something, maybe you could take that hit or, or just put it out there, but your bandmates yeah. are like, hey, maybe don't well, I remember. <laughs> I actually remember Dan Hazeltine from Jars of Clay. Yeah. Uh, he, he came out and said that he supported the, the, the change. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see them around Christian festivals for a few years after yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know? But but so when when did that become true that a member of Hawk Nelson or any band can go from being just an individual in the world that does stuff or plays music to a person who cannot say what they think anymore publicly? That well, you can, in itself you can, is the interesting thing. You can say what you think as long as it's the right think. you know like like it's you know it was just it's it's one of those things that like you know in the in the evangelical christian church in america homosexuality is not something that is accepted and Mm -hmm. and so if you affirm that then you're not in the club uh and 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 again i feel like if we I, i i hesitate to bring this topic up sometimes because it it's very easy to make it feel like this is like the issue. And f- for me, it wasn't. I, it was just a, a moment where I noticed a dissonance between right. w- 
what I felt mm-hmm. in my heart and what I knew I could, you know, and the culture that I was a part of. And you think it would have been different if you, let's just say you were in the bank. What do you, how do you think it would have been different in a parallel sense if you were not at Hawk Nelson, but instead you are, were a, a CPA doing your normal job and you had those oh, feelings? Do you nobody think would, nobody would care? Yeah, but I mean, how, but what about you? What is, what is the would the dissonance then have oh, been I able to be relievable can. on your would you then have been free to just process your changes instead of like I'm interested in you having to hold your views for That's a length of time. Okay, and so you're, how that me, would feel because I can very much empathize and have been under me, some of those pressures and stuff before. Let me see if I understand the question. So this is this is interesting if I'm if I've got this right. What you're asking is, why did I feel like I, it was something that I needed to be able to say publicly? Like a CPA is going to be like, well, I can believe what I believe. I don't have to tweet it or Instagram it or whatever. Is that is that the question? Yeah, I'm saying that would sound a lot healthier for a person. That's but a, that's I, a you know, the being the lead singer of a CCM band, from my view at this moment, seems like a bad idea for a person. <laughs> <laughs> for that exact well, reason. I don't think well, that's good for people to be in that yeah, position. Period. Politician, so, same thing. Lead pastor, so same I think, thing. I think because I was in the public eye in some sense, I mean, I, I don't want to overstate that because it's not like we're like the biggest band in the world or anything. Um, but I think because of that, I felt I felt like my my the things that I'm putting out there into the world publicly should match what's going on in my heart. That like that's something yeah that I, that I want. And a CPA is not like putting things out into the world in the same way. So he, he's not, he's not necessarily going to feel that pressure. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I guess that's, that's, you know, kind of where that came from for me. But I, I think about this a lot with pastors. Right. Um, because like one thing that's common between pastors and, you know, CCM artists or, or whatever is that, is that you're, uh, you're, your financial well-being and your ability to put food on the table for your family is dependent on you not screwing up. Right. And it's like dependent on your moral sure, status. Yeah. Making sure you adhere to this set of beliefs that the community uh, has agreed upon. Yeah. And, and if, and if you mess up or if you start to question any of those beliefs, you're, you're massively disincentivized from being honest about that. Right. Which sounds bad. Yeah. I just, I don't, I mean, I don't have a solution to that problem, uh, but it's a problem. It's interesting that if you don't like, this is the, the thing that I feel like the old, older folks would say, uh, you, once you decided you weren't a Christian anymore, you could have just not said anything because you're not, uh, upholding to do not lie in a way, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you could have just lied because it doesn't matter yeah. there's no you don't believe in the damnation or the anything but for some reason there's actually an honesty inside of you that made you tell the truth which it like is like that wrestling there probably had to really catch you right like you, you could have just not said anything just yeah. make the money and be a regular person and get bring some people some joy with your music and that would have yeah. been that but there was something disingenuous about it right i've i've thought about that like like okay so if i if i just found myself not believing in god or or you know the whole christian thing then like, then if it, then why does it matter if I'm being honest or not? Right. Uh, and, and I wonder about that because I do have a, a desire to, to be transparent and to, 
to have a congruence, you know, a congruency between the way I live and, and, and what I believe is true. Uh, yeah. And, and I don't entirely know, uh, exactly where that came from other than I, I do think it's, it's quantifiably better yeah. to go through life telling the truth. I think um, so too. Uh, I, I will say this cause you know, we, we're in the band Emory, um, yeah. and, I, and, uh, so I will say this, it, when you are doing that, you start seeing well, like as I mean, I don't even really use the word deconstruction much anymore. But as I was going through a deconstruction um, and just thinking through like what do I actually believe and what do I want to say and how can I be authentically me, it is so you start seeing more clearly that people might not even care about you in the sense of your music or your art or anything. This that christian thing that's on the front of it that, that they just go okay yeah I'll, I'll stay here or whatever like i started seeing more people like do they actually care what if i what if i actually wanted to say something real to me and even in a conversation not you know not to just to be uh to set a fire or something like that but to actually just say something that i think oh wait they aren't with me anymore my music doesn't really mm-hmm. matter anymore as soon as i as soon as i say something that i actually might be thinking through or trying to figure out or wonder what i actually believe People, you know, they, they start shitting on you in some ways. And this yeah. isn't all Christians. And I, I know, I, I don't want to, we're not bashing on Christians here in a way. They've been taught the same thing. The, one of the things that is the worst part about all of this is in many ways, if you could uh, uh, figure this out quicker, same with me, we would have helped probably more people. Because there's a lot of people out there going, wait a minute, I've always been told this and it just doesn't feel right, but everybody believes it. So I better just keep my mouth shut and don't want to lose what I got. It's hard when, when yeah. you know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, to be fair, like, I think that's just partially, that's just group dynamics. Like that's just social dynamics. Like that's not something that's exclusive to Christianity. I mean, you can see that in politics too. You can see that in, in all kinds of different things where, you know, if you're a part of a group that adheres to a certain set of ideals and then someone comes out and questions one of those ideals, there's going to be some people in that group that, that, you know, now reject that person, which, yeah. Which to me is a very insecure reaction because it's like, well, if your ideals that you hold are self, if you, if they really are self-evident and they really are the truth, then they shouldn't be threatened by questions. Um, and, and, and so I, you know, I have thought about that in this process too. The analogy I use for that is like, if you imagine if it was a social dynamics were dials and you could turn them up and down, if you turn that one up, then it, you know, if you turn down that part, that pressure toward that thing, then the group doesn't cohere. It falls apart. Yes. It doesn't have an identity. Yeah. Right. And if you turn it up, it turns into a cult. Yeah. If you if you study social dynamics, you you learn that like um, what people are against can adhere a group together more mm-hmm. tightly than what they're for. Yeah. And 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 once you once you like learn that and re- and you see it everywhere. You mm-hmm. know, you see it. You see it in, in, in all kinds of social interactions, uh, and it, it, it seems to be really true. All right, a million-dollar question here. So you yeah. with, be, being with Hawk Nelson and touring so much, and y'all played so many Christian festivals on so many yeah. Christian tours on stuff, yeah. uh, you, you aren't the only one, right? Like you probably uh, oh, see no. a lot. You probably see a lot of people in the Christian world that <laughs> hadn't, hadn't come out yet. Is that the way to say it? Yeah, I— I've actually heard from people since I posted that thing on Instagram, since I sort of came out, came out as, which is bizarre that I'm 
I feel like I like don't have any right to use that phrase, by the right. way. Like, I'm just like, like, that feels like that's for a, people doing something more courageous than what I'm doing. But, um, but yeah, since I sort of came out, as it were, I've heard from other artists that are active that are like, I feel the same way. I actually haven't believed in a long time. Please don't out me. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm like, but like, like what we talked about, they're in it. They've invested all this time into a career. Um, and, and now it's the, it's the way that they put a roof over their family's head and they don't feel like they have a lot of other easy options. And, and if, their Christian if, fan base will leave them. I mean, oh, they will be absolutely. done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they don't care about the music. Right. Is, is, that, I mean, is that, is that the whole point? Like they, I mean, it's just, that's it an interesting the music would still yeah. sound the same. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> it's, it's, so then, okay. So now what we're getting to is why do people listen to Christian music? That's, yeah. that's what we're getting to. Right. Yeah. And, right. And, and I think, I think to a very large degree, you are correct that it is not really about the music. It's, I mean, listen to the tagline of any, you know, Christian radio, like, you know, positive message, you know, like it's even in the like little radio bumper, like positive Christian message. Right. Um, it's, 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 it's so that people can be immersed in, you know, the songs about what they believe and that brings them comfort and brings them joy and, and some, you know, some, maybe some, some things that they can think about when they are in hard times. And, um, that's why the sad songs are always the most successful. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to make money in Christian music, make sure you write a sad song. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a certain moods that are are tailored for. It's the, you know, it's the demographic and everything. But what you're saying there makes some uncomfortable truths, uh, you know, apparent. But one of them being, you seem to have a good awareness of of that. What you just said, I would imagine that knowledge was all knowledge you possessed for several years. I I sort of realized about halfway through Hawk's career that I was like, okay, if we're making music for for the Christian audience, then they're they're not like what they want from us is not like original. Like we want we want you to make your art, Hawk Nelson. Like that is not. Well, first off, we weren't like all that artistic a band to begin with, but <laughs> but uh, but like that's not what people were looking for. People were looking for you know, positive messages, uh, you know, put in a, in a capsule of, of energetic, um, uplifting music. And, um, and so that's what we tried to do. And, and, and I actually don't regret that at all. And I, I have a, I have a ton of like, uh, I just, I had a lot of great experiences in my time in Christian music and sure I had some negative ones too, but, um, I kind of have a hard time writing the whole thing off, if I'm honest. Like, yeah, and yeah. I, I think writing it off would be impossible because when you're making art, so that's, I mean, I guess this is where I'm really interested too. And I don't mean judgmental. And I'm not trying to be journalistic about it I- anyway, but hey, I, you're not going to offend me, man. <laughs> but you, you know, you took over vocals for Hawk Nelson midway through. Yep. And when Hawk Nelson started, like I said, maybe it's not the most artistic thing in the world, but it was more of just a pop punk. Blink 182, you know, whatever. You could say yeah. whatever you want about it, but that would have been the place it was in. And then, you know, by the time we get, then you take over. And then by the end, drops in the ocean as 15 million plays on Spotify. And it is 
made with ex exactly the knowledge that you have of what the demographic is. I mean, that is yep. somewhat different than youthful Blink-182 approach. And that yeah. was you, that was when you took over, and that's the direction you took it. Yep, you're so, correct. So there's that to me still is somewhat dissonant. On the other hand, I know for sure that you can't even make fake music without being like, I know for sure that I can't even make music that isn't the most genuine without actually becoming involved, very involved and attached to it also. Cause there's these oh, yeah. different layers, oh, but and, it's, and I'm not you know. saying, I'm not saying that like when I was writing drops in the ocean that I wasn't being genuine. Uh, I, I really meant that. And I really believed that, that stuff at the time. And, um, and, and I saw a lot of good come from it, uh, you know, in people's lives and, and, and so I'm, I'm grateful for all that stuff. Uh, I, I think I, I experienced like, like early on in that process, I think the way that I thought about it was, well, the, the better we serve this community of believers, you know, like, if you if you sell more records or if you get more streams or whatever, it means you're serving people well. You're giving you're giving them something that's meaningful to them, and so so that that is kind of what I was trying to do. So it wasn't like oh, it wasn't this like sort of cynical like oh, give the stupid Christians what they want. Like that was not where my heart was at at mm -hmm. all. I really did want to bring something meaningful into the world. Um, I, I just I think that as as time went on, I, I began to struggle with the foundation of it more and more. Mm -hmm. Does that mean, though, that in, in some sense, while you're writing those songs that I mean, this is a kind of more tragic way to look at it, too. Tragic might be <laughs> an ex extreme word for it. But it do you get the feeling and maybe if you go back and listen to the music that you made that you were trying to talk yourself through to hold the belief you know what i mean like i think there was i think there was certainly some of that um you know and you i don't think i'm alone in that one either because i mean even look at the bible and it's like lord i believe help my unbelief like yeah what, what was that peter um like he he was talking to jesus in person <laughs> and he was and he was saying i don't you know i'm struggling with belief so like i mean if that's the case then like then like we shouldn't be surprised when anyone struggles with with yeah. belief right i mean I, th I think that's one of the problems that we have is it, as soon as you do something uh create something then people want your certainty on it you know what i mean mm. like and, and you're there like you're there are lots of people that have been hawk nelson fans since the very first record and you it's hard for them to allow to allow you to change because yeah. that would mean they would have to change too and accept yeah. that change. And so it's just easier if we just say, yeah, you know what? That's a cool band. And I, I could drop my, you know, I, I used to listen to them and now I drop my kids off at the youth event and I, you know, my wife and I go eat dinner while they have fun in a safe environment. Like you said, you know, the safety yeah. thing of it that, that kind of steals that. Do you think on some levels, like when you were talking about writing some of the music, did, did it become more of a job? Like, did you feel as artistic or did you know, like, Hey, I know our audience this is the products that they want. This is our business. Did it, did it turn into anything like that? Uh, yeah, I think, I think the, the record I struggled with the most was our last one. It was an album called miracles. And, um, and I, I, I was beginning what I guess would be the 
process of deconstruction at that point. And, and yet I needed to write this record and we had just come off the heels of an album that had done pretty well. And so I felt all this pressure and there's all these other guys in the band. We're all relying on this for our livelihoods. You know, there's the record label who, you know, the people that work there are people that I really care about and, you know, like they're investing their time and their energy. So there's this whole apparatus that, that needs me to write this album. And here I am in the middle of it being like, I, I don't think I had had the thought yet that I don't believe in God, but I, um, I think I was just, I was starting to struggle with, with certain details and, and it was scaring me a little bit if I'm being honest, like, like there were just, there were things that questions I had that, that I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with that question, you know, like, like, um, like it, like I had, you know, to, for an example, like I had been raised to believe that the Bible was the perfect word of God, everything in it. You can basically take it as God speaking to you and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But there's like a lot of things in the Bible that don't like jive with other things in the Bible. And then, you know, there's issues like the fact that it's like, totally fine with slavery the whole way through. And, you know, God says, don't murder people in the Ten Commandments, but then tells the Israelites to go into Canaan and slaughter every man, woman, and child. Yeah. And, and, and I guess you can write off the Old Testament if you're a Christian and go like, oh, well, that was like before. But then even in, you know, in the New Testament, there's, there's plenty of stuff that's like, well, okay, so, so women shouldn't speak in public and shouldn't braid their hair. And like, there's just like, I started to have trouble viewing the Bible as like this, like instruction manual for Christian life, which is kind of the way that I was raised to believe in it. Basic instructions before leaving earth is what it stands for. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh. Bible. I've never heard that. It's the basic instructions before leaving, before leaving earth. earth yeah. Yeah, a pastor I, I was helping install his pro tools told me that one side because <laughs> wow. and it, you know why? Cause I had tattoos. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, That's why he had good. to share it with me. That'll get you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was going to say, too, though, it's it's so – it's frustrating because you – like, even with my own faith. So I, I am still a Christian. I believe in Jesus, but my faith has been, uh, to use Christian rad, radically changed. <laughs> sure. And I, and, I, and I just – I probably would even say maybe it really is, like, the most time I ever felt like the mustard seed, as cheesy as it is, kind of feels that way. Like my faith is about as small as you could possibly get. And that feels maybe bigger than it's ever been in some ways, because mm -hmm. I, everything I was told, you're right. Like the, the thing that's frustrating to me, and this is what I was trying to get at. If you notice when people start deconstructing or they are, are talking about walking away from their Christian faith, it's always the things that there is no, uh, it is it, supposed to be certain. The Bible is yes. literal. Mm -hmm. Gay people are perverted. The you know the you know, uh, like, like you said um, doubts. If we doubt God, then we are in like wait hold on. Those are the things that I'm like hold on. I, I gotta experience some something here. I, I'm having these thoughts, and you can't just tell me I'm just a sinner and might be lost. You, you just can't do that to me because you're telling me to believe all of this stuff, and I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, slavery is bad. And you're going to give me this real deep theological answer about how you studied scripture. And well, actually, you know, it's not chattel slavery. It's this other servitude slavery. And they were, you know, hold on, I'm calling bullshit. Just, uh, you, yeah, we, we, I got to be able to say there's some parts of the Bible that ain't right. 
It, yeah. I can't live my yeah. life that way. I'm not going to, and you're making me accept something that I'm telling you I'm trying to tell you the truth about, and you don't want to hear that. You do not. You yeah. want to say that I'm the liar, and that's the truth. Yeah, no, they want to tell you there's a higher person smarter than you with more authority that you need to trust right. is what they tell That's right. the real answer. So even when they say it's a scholarly thing, it's just appeal to authority <laughs> or a gated knowledge, or you need the pope well, or the that, priest and, behind and, the counter or whatever yeah. it is. That's all it is. Well, then you then you come back to, you know, like, the Protestant Reformation and like, and like, well, individual people should be able to figure out, you know, they should be able to read the Bible and decide for themselves what they believe, you know, like that's, that's, that's Luther. Um, but, uh, you know, like what's interesting about this whole thing for me is that when I wrote that post and I posted it, I genuinely thought, okay, I can finish wrestling with that stuff. Now I can set it aside and I can move on with my life. And the op- the opposite happened. I I, f- I found that like in the last month, I I have never thought about God more and and like who is God, what is God. I've never been more interested than I am right now. What's the distinction uh, of what you don't believe in and what you're thinking about? What help us understand what you mean by that? Oh well, you I don't believe in God. You're thinking about what then? So well, I think that I think that when I when I came out and said, I'm finding that I don't believe in God, what I'm talk what I was talking about there is the, the image of God that I had always believed in up until that point, which is a very specific Western idea, this personal God, you know, he grants, you know, he answers even our smallest prayers for a parking space when we roll into church on Sunday morning, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, and I really thought that that I was like excited to live a life where I didn't have to like feel stuck to this, like this particular image of who God is. And so I was, I was, I was like, okay, I'm ready to just like not be a Christian and not believe in God at all. And then I found since then that I'm like, well, now what? And what, um, what, you know, that even, even like what you touched on earlier, like, uh, like, why is it that I felt compelled to be honest? Why is it that I I have a desire to do good things in the world and to um, be a part of leaving the world better than I found it? Like, where do, where do those desires come from? Um, and so I've sort of become a lot more open to, well, maybe, maybe there is, maybe God exists in some way. I just had totally the wrong idea and mm-hmm. and I, I don't i don't know what that looks like yet i'm I'm still learning but um you know i've been pretty fascinated with this idea called ground of being which is basically um which is basically that that um that god is that from which everything arises and that which sustains all things it's a sort of hip, much hippier way of thinking about the idea of God. Does that but, the Christian, the conservative Christians call that the evils of pantheism or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yes, they would they would liken it to pantheism, but I don't, I don't, I don't think it's quite the same. But, um, but any, but it's 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 wild that like I come out and say I don't believe in God, and then now I can't help but like wonder all the time about what is what is really true about. Is there is God there, and what does that mean when you say that? And and then with the Bible, since I've since I've let go of thinking that it's the inerrant word of God, 
and I've and I've sort of found myself believing that it's definitely just written by human beings. Um, I'm fascinated by it uh, yeah. because now now I read it and I go, well, this is an unbelievable collection of literature of people trying to understand their surroundings, trying to make sense of their place in the world, asking a lot of the same questions that I'm asking. I mean, you know, a lot of the Psalms are, where are you, God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm finding that, that you can say... That wasn't just you, for dramatic effect in the, you know, third of the I way through the worship it. song in their yeah. mind, you know? Yeah. I think they meant it. I mean, we don't, you know, in, you know, in Christian music, we tend to not write those songs because they don't tend to um, be something that, that you can use to uh, feed your family. <laughs> Were you afraid of hell at any point? I mean, that's the thing that keeps people in the door sometimes, keeps people from walking out the door, I mean. I'm I'm not right now. I, I, you weren't? I feel like... Uh, you, were you ever? Yeah, sure. But you at one um, point thought if you believe... There's a former version of you that would absolutely think the current version of you is bound for hell. I think there's a former version of me that would be pretty worried about the current me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but but I, another thing that I've been fascinated by, like in this whole deconstruction process that I've been through, uh, I went through a phase where I was like super obsessed with heaven and hell. And so I read, I read a ton about, about that topic. And what I discovered is that there, there are actually like within Christianity, there's actually a number of different views on what that looks like. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, the three main ones are, uh, uh, infernalism, which is basically like eternal conscious torment. You burn forever. Yeah. which sounds horrible. Uh, there's annihilationism, which is basically that you just cease to exist. Yeah. And then there's universalism, which is basically that in the end, all people will be, you know, saved and will go to heaven. Reconciled with God. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that verse about, you know, he will reconcile all things unto himself. That verse is really appealing. Right. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I, I, I learned is that essentially if you want to take any one of those views there's some scripture that you have to prioritize over other scripture, and th- there's going to be some things you have to ignore in, in order to take any of those views. Yeah. Um, which sort of led me to a place where I was like, I think we're just sort of making making up our own minds, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're someone who's been oppressed, which is the the point of view of the writers of the Bible— almost exclusively is, is, is from a point of view of oppression, someone that's, you know, a people group that's experiencing oppression. But if you're in that position, of course you want a God of justice. You want to know that there will be some punishment for these people that are oppressing you. If, if you uh, are not in that position, if you're thinking about yourself, you're much more likely to want a God of mercy. You, you like the idea that all people will go to heaven, you know? And if you're somewhere in the middle and you want to find a common ground, you know, like a, a middle ground, you can go like, well, maybe people do go to hell, but maybe they don't like. It's not so bad. Burn. Maybe yeah. they just kind of don't exist anymore. Yeah. So there's something for everyone, it seems like. Yeah. And and yeah. and that and that leads me to a place where I go like, OK, if God is real and and if believing in Jesus is the only way to be saved and have eternal life. That's a pretty, 
like big decision and and like it wouldn't be very loving to make that decision like a really vague one you know like you would think god be like that's a pretty critical choice i'm going to make i'm going to make this real obvious and specific and if he's there he has not done that yeah and so that that makes me go like okay either god is not there and we just start sort of making this up or he he is there and he made it mysterious for a reason mm-hmm. um and within that second option there's two options in there there's one is like he made it mysterious because he just wants to mess with us in which case he's not a very loving god or he made it mysterious because he knows that he is going to reconcile all things and and it's okay that it's a mystery so that kind of leads me to this place where like hell's either not real to me or it is real but none of us are going there <laughs> like, <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean like yeah uh that, that's kind of where i ended up with that topic so i'm not like like i uh, get asked sometimes you know like well are you scared you're gonna go to hell and i'm like no i'm not it's yeah. interesting when you're talking about this, it brought this verse to my mind, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And every time that I hear somebody say that they're walking away from their their faith or whatever, it seems very common that they say a weight was lifted. It felt yeah. like it was a burden. Like the yoke yeah. wasn't easy. The burden wasn't yeah. light. It and was that wasn't Christianity. It was heavy and bringing you down. And says, now, yeah. what you are saying is, you are trying to really follow and learn and grow towards truth. So, how could that not be God? Why are we so worried about feel, this? Yeah. Why everybody that everybody's making God so small? That is what I hate about it. God is just this. You got to have sex this way. You got to say these words. You got to think this thing, and mm-hmm. then maybe you make it into it, 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 almost not even caring about this life and what we make or destroy here. And it makes God so small. And I'm like, wait a minute, you are now on a actual truth journey. Maybe even one of the first times in your life thinking, wait a minute, because there isn't any rules. You could do yeah. whatever you want in a sense, and you are s- still trying to find the truth. So that that's the yeah. real journey there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's weird. Love, Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I love that verse, um, and uh, I I I agree with you. Like when when I posted that post, I hit post. Well, the first thing I did is I got up and like paced around the room because I knew I had basically just exploded my life in a way. Right. Um, but I did feel a huge weight lifted. Um, and, and I, I feel like I've been living more lightly since then. And, um, it, it, it's funny. Like I, I do feel, I do, if I, if I, if I ask myself, am I, am I a Christian? I have a really hard time saying no entirely to that because, there's a lot about Jesus that I really love. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a lot about Christianity that I appreciate. I think from the from where I'm sitting right now, it feels like I needed a clean slate. And, and saying publicly that I don't believe in God, I kind of thought that was the end. And it's start, starting to feel like that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's, that makes sense. I mean, 
it sounds like that vague crap that I used to would have written off entirely and said he's just trying to something. Or, I don't, I'm trying to think what would my former self have accused you of or thought sure. your false motives were. And sure. I know you probably had no shortage of that, of people are suspicious. Oh, just want to be famous on Instagram or something. I, don't, I mean, the thing kind of blew up, sure. though, in a way that I don't think you thought. Like, it was, it was on Fox News. and I mean, it was like a – like Everywhere. It's weird I how – I didn't see that coming. I wouldn't so. have expected that coming, you know. Yeah, no, I, I I didn't see that coming. And I mean, there's so much I didn't see coming, honestly. I, I, I didn't know. I, I really didn't know what, like, that post was a veil in my life. And it was like, I didn't know what was on the other side of that. I just knew that it, whatever it is, it would, it was going to be honest. And, um, and that felt worth pursuing, you know. What what are the things that people are saying that trying to discount you? What what do you see them having to oh, sure. do gymnastics about? I'm not even blaming them. I, from their point of view, they have to come up with an explanation of why. You know, in my mind, it seems like oh, somebody's really been bold enough to tell the truth and cross the gate, even when there's some consequences to it. Is kind of the way I see that. Um, but how would what would the gymnastics be for people that think you're doing a lower moral character thing? Uh, I mean, I mean, sometimes, sometimes I'll get people that are like, you know, like, how could you do this, man? Jesus is the truth. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that sentence because like, (laughs) what, like, anyway, that's a, that's a whole other thing when you're just like taking phrases and like using them as like self-evident, you know, tools of whatever. But yeah, definitely some people have said that, um, some people have, have said stuff that that the like I'm I'm leading people astray and I'm I'm seeking attention or that um you know that uh that I I was no longer successful in Christian music and so I this is the last ditch effort to find some sort of spotlight I guess mm-hmm. um but you know I mean like you said I I had no idea that this was going to play out like this. And so I don't know for, for me, what I felt, I, cause I really did weigh whether I should say anything publicly. And the reason, the reason I ended up choosing to do so is that I felt like if I didn't say anything publicly, that I was participating in a culture that says that it's not okay to question. It's not okay to doubt. And if you if you do question or you do doubt, then you need to sit down and shut up because because we can't have that here. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was participating in that in that idea if I didn't say anything. And so I I decided to say something. And and since then, I just can't tell you how many people have written me and, and said that they are experiencing similar things. There's a such a wide range like. Like I've had people write me and say, honestly, like some of the stuff you've talked about has made me dig a little deeper into my faith. And I actually feel like it's made my faith stronger, which is like amazing to me. I'm like, wow. okay, great. Um, And and my my approach with all this stuff now is like is like, look, like I think asking hard questions about what you believe it's either it's either going to lead you away from believing something that, that you didn't really believe deeply anyways or it's going to deepen your faith and 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 either of those is better than where you started mm-hmm. 
Uh, John didn't say these, so I will for him on his post on Instagram. I'm just going to read a few. I won't out anybody, but it says like one person immediately writes, really sad. I will pray to God that you find his way again and that you believe in him again. It's kind of sweet because he still loves you and know, and you know, he does, you know, that's kind of sweet. I agree, <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I but, know, but I accept but, that. But then, uh, and then yeah. writes, but drops in the ocean. Oh, it's always one of my favorite songs. <laughs> so, so, like this, this person can't totally let it go because if you're uncertain, that means yeah. maybe she has to be uncertain. And now she's got to wrestle with all this stuff or they do. I don't know if it's a, a man or woman or what they are, but, uh, and then the next one is, uh, Totally reasonable to have those questions. Uh, for anyone struggling with these questions, though, why don't you read Don't Blame God, a biblical answer to the problem of evil, sin, and suffering. Mm. This book mm. leaves no stone unturned. Like oh, This book's going to get you back, John. Well, he hadn't heard it, of G.K. Chesterton or right. Seth Lewis yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, you know, yeah. he thinks he's so smart now. The, but This, this one book it. is going to do it for you. I know these people are trying to help, though. Uh, yeah. And then goes, well, and that's... It, I don't know. Let me read just a couple more. It's not God that isn't real. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh and you really and then the next one you realize that this is the bible right you've been fooled by those who surround you surround yourself with uh which i, I was gonna get to another the next question i have is is hawk nelson gonna keep going and if they do does anybody believe them <laughs> yeah. well, i mean nigga, hey john left y'all hey you telling the truth we'll put well, you on this festival so what's the what are they gonna do well, okay, before I answer that question, let me I just remembered what my absolute favorite burn from someone was. <laughs> and um and it it came in the form of an email. But the the body was empty. The whole message was in the subject line. That just uh, tells yeah, you good. where this is coming from. <laughs> and it said uh, email rage regarding yeah. beef in God. I think I don't know if it was like voice texted or something because it said beef in God. And I think like, okay, beef in God. regarding beef in God, you must be gay, an addict or live near witches. Wow. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Oh, boy. That he person had to voice knows text the, the email off they real know quick. The Lord. Because he had that a word came yeah. to him and he had the voice text it out yeah. instantly yeah. <laughs> before he lost it. <laughs> well, oh. And with regards to your question about hawk we had sort of taken a step back from from music anyways um and and uh you know i have two kids and i just didn't i didn't want to tour as much our our guitarist micah was was doing a bunch of writing and production in nashville and he's got a little girl um and it just felt like you know our 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 record deal was complete and we could have we could have gone and and found another one um because I don't think it would have been that hard to get another deal if we wanted. Yeah. Um, but uh, it just felt like things felt kind of complete. And uh, a lot of us in the band were feeling like we wanted to explore some new territory yeah. in life. Uh, so so I, I doubt you're going to see any music from Hawk Nelson anytime soon. Yeah. Oh. Well, John, we appreciate the time yeah, this today. Is, this is I, great. I think let's see if I can button it up though. First of all, yeah. if you feel a lot better now, the weight is lifted and you know you're in a better place, you hereby have a duty to out all those other phonies and let their careers fall apart so that they'll feel better too. So just go ahead and do that before you go. Uh, and secondly, you, uh, whatever your scheme was uh, to get more attention now, is there anything you want to promote? 
<laughs> you're doing. Well, that's it. <laughs> so or whatever. What's funny. That's actually what's funny. Um, I, uh, you know, from years and years of being in bands, uh, you know, being in a band, and you guys know this, like, whenever you only really do PR or like, you know, interviews and stuff when you're when you're promoting a, a new album or something like that. And so for 15 years, like anytime I went on a radio show or a podcast, or I, I guess they weren't really a thing until more recently, but I was always like going like, oh yeah, let's listen to our new single or whatever. So that's been the really strange thing about all a number of the interviews and podcasts I've done in the last few weeks is that like, I have nothing to promote. <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> so that's that I mean, laugh hope, made me jealous yeah, by the way yeah. that you just I that. hope that I hope yeah, that I know. one day I have nothing to promote yeah, I know I'd kill <laughs> to have nothing to day. promote you're right but um I mean if I can I mean I could promote something that's not a product for a second like just a thought let me promote a thought okay um I have found through this process that that um no matter what I believe in the future the doubt and uncertainty that I've been in the last little while has had some sort of surprising benefits. And I, there are things that I'm going to hold on to. Uh, and one of them is that like, when, when you give up your certainty in eternity, when you admit, like, I don't know what happens after death, I have no idea. Uh, it changes the way you look at the present. And I bet I have never been more present with my kids I have never, I I have never like, I have never seen the um, the specialness of every little moment as much as I do now. I've you know I don't know how much time I'm going to have with my kids. I don't know how much time I'm going to have with my wife or my parents. So when I get time with them, like I have to savor it. Um, and I feel like by doing that, like my life has gotten so much more vivid. Um, mm -hmm. And then the other thing that's happened is I feel like I've become so much more compassionate towards other people. Um, I, I feel, I feel overwhelmed with the sort of like suffering of, of humanity. Like Peter Rollins says this thing, like there is the traumas that happen to you in life and there, then there's the trauma that is life. Mm -hmm. And, and life is traumatic for all of us on, on different levels. And we're all trying to make sense of that. Right. And, and so when I see comments from Christians that, that are aggressive, you know, I go like, well, they're trying to make sense of their life right, and like, right. and so am I. And, and man, I can have empathy for that because we're in the same boat on that one. Um, yeah. That, that makes me sad the way that you say that about your kids, particularly because you're saying, you now have this appreciation for something, and I can only think of the flip side of the coin. Not not that you were a bad dad or something, but before, but to think of the amount of people who are totally gripped by this vague, eternal thing that don't care about this life, that are not connecting with those in their life or even their children. Yeah. That's well, then, obviously the status quo for a lot of people. It's, yeah, it's really here comes, freaky. Here comes the idea that I want to promote, then. I, I think, even if you look at the Bible and the teachings of Jesus, the the way that Jew, I mean, Jesus was Jewish. He was speaking to a Jewish audience at the time. Uh, the way that they would have interpreted those things is less about where they're going to spend eternity and more about how to live your life right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think that the evangelical church has missed that. And, and 
we look at everything through this lens of like, well, heaven or hell, where are you going to spend eternity? And like, let's sacrifice, you know, like, let's don't worry about, you know, any, any bad stuff that's happening now, because in eternity, you'll be fine. And I, and I go like, well, we don't know. And so like, cherish the good things in your life, savor yeah. them, hold them close. And then, and then when you, when you see other people suffering, then like, one of the fundamental precepts of Buddhism actually is, is that you, you accept that the suffering of others is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that Christianity at times has been good at. And I think that it's something that we all could get better at. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's well put and thank you for it. Cool. All right, John, thanks, thanks for being with us today, man. And being so open. My pleasure. We appreciate it, dude. Appreciate um, it guys. Yeah. Hope things keep getting better and better for you, dude. So who will be the next uh, domino to fall? Jeremy Camp? <laughs> you know, yeah, Jeremy Camp is next. No, I, I feel that we missed uh, – it's the same way we didn't – you remember how our band Emory never broke up and got to do a farewell tour and a reunion tour? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, I've been talking shit about Christianity like the whole time, so it didn't ever get any moment of attention for me. It's just, well, it's slowly – been no story. No story. I didn't no, even, no media I attention did, for it. I mean, the same way like, <laughs> Under Oath or Amber Lynn, they, they end, we're gone forever. They get to come well, back bigger. Never, oh, like, yeah. We never did it. We just kept right on going. Toby, Christianity, I, I never quit Christianity. So I don't, man, imagine if I'd have quit Christianity two years ago. Now I'm back. Right. Uh, I know. This podcast go through the roof. I know. We should have, yeah, we should have gone out in a bigger, be, big, huge blaze me. like four, three years ago and then come back or done something. God, Lord. We're just grinding what, it out, making we can, screamo, Is there anything we can quit? Is it what? Can we quit? We're too nothing? scared to quit. You're too scared to quit anything. You're too tied well, to the no, no, no. Well, the wealth and power, my friend. Well, here's what's fun. No, this, this is <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wealth and the power just <laughs> is you can't addictive. let it go. You know it. Oh you God, it. it's so seductive and addictive to me. But the problem would be if uh, if there was no mic right here, and uh, you and I. Would do the exact know, same thing. <laughs> we would play music together in a garage somewhere if we if we were near each other, and we'd yeah. talk like this. I know. I know. So I, I'm not, I wouldn't I wouldn't quit doing anything. I can't quit doing anything. Yeah, what's the quit? It's what I do. I know. I know. I mean, I wish people could see how many times my wife gets so mad. I'm walking in our front yard, talking to you as loud as I can on you on speakerphone, and we're just talking just like that. I'm just walking, pacing. She said, "Why are you pacing? What are you in the front yard for?" And she just can't. But it's just what I do. Yeah. I can't stop. I mean, it's what you and I have been doing for decades. Now, the only question then is not whether or not Matt and Toby put on an act and characters for their podcast. It is the same as they act in real life. The only question you can ask yourself is how fundamentally in character have they been for like 30-something <laughs> years is all. Now, it is an act. I agree. I, th I think of my personality as my art form. It is my act. Right. Like a comedian has an act, you know? Yeah. I have an act. That is this personality, though. Yeah. It, I live in it. I made it. This is, you know, I'm right. refining the act as I go, you know, but, but th this is it. I don't, I don't have another way. The real me is a 57-year-old accountant that, li <laughs> that lives in Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, boy. I changed that. Well, that was well, good. That yeah, was good. Was I, I, I enjoyed great. that. I, I enjoyed that. I think, like I said, I mean, we, when we when this when his news broke a while back, I even thought, I mean, you just, I don't think some people 
understand when your whole life is that. That's why pastors can't get out. And that's why there's so much yeah. uh, mental health issues within the church that nobody wants to talk about. And pastors are killing themselves left and right. This is true. You have to let pastors and mu- musicians and people who call themselves Christians give them some breathing room to figure some stuff out for real. If not, you cannot continue to live an inauthentic life. You can't. Yeah, it's devastating. Something okay. has to give. And, it, and so what are we doing? What, I mean, what, what it, we need it, to give them more platform? More platforms going to help them? More more church members? More uh, a, a, a smaller team that hears what? No. You got to give them some breath to be real and then not leave. If you're yes. really a Christian, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Hawk Nelson does have to quit, they can, they can't. I mean, maybe they will be able to say, it, but uh, could put out some music. But you know how many people we know that were in Christian bands and then they said they're not Christian anymore. And nobody, most of them, a lot of them don't. It's, it's got to gotta be like half or something. It'd probably be a good number. Whether those are public yeah. numbers or not doesn't matter. But the point being, if John and Hawk Nelson were. I mean, I'm not saying this in a negative way, but if they were bigger or more successful, it would simply would have been harder right. to do what he has done. Like he said, they had calmed down and they're touring less. You know what I mean? Right. You can't. And so if you think of any pastor who has a church that depends on them or a flock or whatever, like that pressure, it's really not fair. It's just really not fair. Like you don't right. know it's there and they can't even admit it's there in that, in those terms. But if things are going reasonably well, how right. and you're going to torpedo your life it's not that you know this deep dark fact that you're a liar it's that you can't even allow you know you just have to sit on just dissonance it's unresolved it's not like you know it's you can't allow yourself to go there for 5 years for 10 years and right. and that takes that takes obviously a toll especially with being present like he was talking about at the end so well think about it this way think about it this way uh and you can you can say music wise one you know whatever your music preference is, but who do you who do you listen to more, Toby Mac or Kevin Max? <laughs> like it, I, Kevin Max might still be a Christian, but I'm saying it, you 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 step out a little bit, do something a little different, and people just kind of start. I don't care about that anymore because they yeah. they cared about some kind of bubble that, that, you, that you could stay keep help them stay in as opposed yeah. to wait a minute I got to listen to music and see if I like it or not. Oh, wait, that is a good message, so I'll listen to that. It's yep. safe. I can listen to it in the car on the morning to work or something. Come on. like, can't you? Why are you diminishing God and art so much? Why is the art and God are scary? They're huge. <laughs> They're massive. They have to be. If not, what in the hell kind of God do you want? Is it safe? Here. Yeah. Uh, what in the world? What kind of, what are we talking about here? Of course the Bible is h- horrific and crazy and beautiful <laughs> and wild and detrimental and, and maybe good. I mean, okay, it's dangerous. Not of course safe. it is. What are you trying to do? Why would you try to steal that from everybody? Good God. I mean, <laughs> what, what in the world? I mean, just the, I, I'm just a little sheep and he comes and he pets me and he gives me the and man. That, that's and a, maintaining that outward appearance, man. knowing what the trauma of life is like, that's the weight. That's right. a weight that, you know what I mean? You live yep. under that, the fact that you need to present this, but you are this. That's the weight people are talking about. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Good. All right. Uh, if you don't want if you don't want weight, uh, one thing you can do is you can join the BC Club. Yeah, you don't absolutely have to free. You don't free you don't have to today. Oh man, do I have Come to pay? Do I not have to pay? No, we take it away. The freedom. We give you the freedom. The weight is gone to join the BC Club. So why wouldn't you do it for a month? Today you know? is the day. The seven dollars was keeping you from doing it all this time. Today yep. it's free. And I bet you We'll see a possible value. And you know what? The value, I think, to pay attention to, do you feel good knowing that you've given me and Toby a few bucks 
or would you feel good doing that? That's yeah. all it really boils down to. We're going to be over here doing our thing, and it might be the stupidest thing that anybody ever did. That still remains to be seen. It could be something I regret. Be. I mean, you know what I mean? It, it, who yeah. knows? But we're going. We're trying. This podcast might doing, not age well. It might not. <laughs> I but you can know. join the BC Club for free. All you got to do, where do they got to go to sign go up for to free? bbcclub.com. And again, it is free, no credit card info or anything. You have a month to see if it's for you or not. And it is. And I hope that the BC Club will be welcoming. We're going to keep hazing to a minimum, everybody. Yeah. Keep the hazing down of the new people. Welcome them. And, uh, you know, we got a good thing going in there. You'll see when you get there. All right. We'll see y'all later. And if we don't see you, we'll see you in we'll heaven. We'll see you. I hope. Stack emotion